friends. So today on our podcast episode, we have our guest Prabha on the show. And so she is someone who went from working in the corporate world for over 20 years to making a big leap to change her life. After many years of struggling to find herself and what her authentic gifts were, she was led to her true calling as a money mindset transformational coach. So she helps entrepreneurs own their personal power by showing up as themselves and claiming the money that their offer is worth. So Prabha, what, do you have anything to say to our bizpreneurs or are you wanting to like introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, thank you Rose for that great introduction. Um, yes, I am a money mindset coach and it's, it's something that's definitely my authentic calling. The difference between me and other money mindset coach I should mention right now is I actually work uh, quite deep within the bodies of the people who require the transformation. So I blend quite a lot of methodologies and I've come up with my own. And so the transformation, you no longer have it at a mental level. It goes way deeper and it transforms at the body level. So it's actually really powerful and permanent. So this is the unique thing about my offer. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that initially drew me to you because you talked a lot about the integration between the body and the mind and how they kind of work together. I remember you had also mentioned, though, that you had left your corporate job to become a money mindset coach. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. Let me just say that I actually left my corporate job without knowing what I was going to be doing. And it was a huge leap of faith and I had no idea. I tried so many different things and I didn't. But my my spiritual journey kept happening and I kept training in different things, not really knowing. and then coming to the end of it and saying, actually, I don't really want to do that or try something else and, you know, not really wanting to do that. And eventually I came to this place where I got clarity. So it wasn't straight away, okay, corporate career and then money mindset coach. And in fact, one of the reasons I'm a money mindset coach is a lot of my transition uh, struggles had to do with me not being able to claim money as an entrepreneur or as a business person after having been given money as an employee. So the relationship to money is really different when you work for somebody. They decide you're paid, they give it to you and you just, you're more passive. When you're an entrepreneur, you are more active. And that transition really took a lot of time for me. So that just comes to the reason why I really do this work. Yeah, that's really interesting that you were mentioning how you didn't have a set path because I hear a lot of stories about people going from corporate and they're like, I went straight into this. But the fact that you just kind of um, left that corporate world with no set plan, when that happens, what did you actually start to do to get towards that vision of being a money mindset coach? Because I can just imagine that would be very scary kind of position to be in to not know where you're going or what you're going to do. Yeah, I was terrified. I was terrified. And the reason I left the corporate is I just couldn't go into work anymore. I just kept thinking, I'm, I, I can't do this. Like, And I was on plenty of money and I just found it harder and harder to take those steps to walk into my workplace. And I just couldn't do it. So I thought, well, if I can't do it, I'm just going to have this leap of faith and not do it. I'm just not going to do it if I don't want it. 
And I guess one of the decisions I made that day is I'm not going to do anything I don't want to. And I think that was a really powerful decision for me. And even today, I actually don't do anything I don't want to. So if some, if I want, if I do something, it's only if I want to. And at any point, I give myself the permission to walk away from anything that doesn't serve me. Now, one of the things you said, was it scary? It was scary. It was terrifying. I come from a background where as a child, I suffered financial abuse. So for me, money was a source of my power. And for me to walk away from money, I really, I was really terrified. I still remember how cold I went on that day when I walked out of the workplace and knew I wasn't going to go back again. And um, yeah, it was terrifying. But I also had at some level, I knew that I wanted to live a life that was meaningful to me, that I was proud of. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, thankfully, I'm quite good with money. So I was like doing a bit of trading. I was doing a little bit of, um, you know, uh, Airbnb. I did a few things to save money, but I was looking for my passion and my, my purpose. And I trained actually to be a yoga teacher. And then I was like, I'm no way I'm going to teach anybody yoga, you know? And then I did something in theater and I was like, ah, I'm definitely, I love it, but I'm not going to, you know, turn into any kind of an actor and I did all these things but body work is something I kept reading on the side you know it's something that I did like my bedtime reading my my personal interest I just kept doing this because it was my uh, personal interest I kept looking at the mind-body connection and thinking wow that's fascinating that's fascinating and then the more I got into it the more I was like whoa cellular in intelligence oh wow this is what this is neuroplasticity and, and the whole topic it was so big so wide and amazingly interesting and it's 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 got that quality that i seek which is like there's no end to the learning it's complex it's deep it's endless and you can keep learning and keep growing like throughout your life there's no end, end point and i think that's what i like i think it's really good to note here that you and i have similar relationships or similar you know backstories i quit my job to pursue being an entrepreneur as well and i think it's really I think that's a lot of people's story, to be honest. Like the more people that I speak to, the more people that just didn't have a plan, they just quit and, and did it. And I think that that's really, it's, it's a big thing in entrepreneurship, showing up authentically and being like, no, this is not what I'm going to do. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to make it work. So a lot of us, you know, we quit our jobs and we don't have a plan like you and I, but I'm curious to know what, what type of, what was your regular like day before you quit your corporate job? With mine, I would wake up and I would be, I would wake up maybe 30 minutes before I had to leave the house <laughs> to go to work and I would be hating it every moment. I would be putting on my socks and she was like, I don't want to go in. Every single day I'm like, look, I, I do not want to go in. I would grab a, like a quick breakfast and then head off to work. And I, I want to know kind of what, if that was, if that was something that was, you were doing similar or kind of what your everyday typical life was at that moment. Yeah. Bobby, when I think about what you're saying, I'm just, I'm just filled with envy 30 minutes before going to work. Like, wow, that's great. Cause I'm a single parent and I had a kid and, um, I used to wake up at like 6.30, get myself ready, and then I would get him ready and I'd drop him at the childminders at eight and then I would rush to work to be in there for nine. And actually when I went into work, would be the first moment I had to myself. And then I'd, I'd work through the day. Obviously my lunch hour was kind of my only, my only quiet time. 
and um, in the evening I'd I'd rush back, pick my son, rush back home, and I had to cook for him, and I had to do a bath, and I had to do bed, and you know all those things, and then I just was so knackered, I just went straight to sleep. So it was my routine, and it was absolutely grinding. And in fact, like my weekends were probably worse because I had, I was full full time on childcare. My son was quite young at that time, and needed me quite a lot. So um, it was a very um, hard life, I would say. And um, even though I earned well, life was still very hard. And so you had mentioned being kind of a single mother while working as a corporate person. How did you begin to shift your mindset to be able to do something for yourself while still having to take care of your child? Because I know a lot of listeners might be listening right now and have that kind of concern of, can I switch over to entrepreneurship even if I am a single mother? Being a single parent was was probably the biggest challenge of my life, really. Raising a child alone is is no joke. And of course, it's got all these financial commitments and you know you have to pay for uh, for so many things for the kids so um what would i say to somebody who's a single parent i would say that you don't really need much time if you're being a if you're working for yourself so don't worry about time you don't really need much money to launch yourself so don't worry about money but what you do need to worry about is being open to possibilities and you need to be open to not settle for less. I think recognizing that everybody's got access to money in the same way that everybody's got access to their social circle. Like if you can build a relationship with another person, you can build a relationship with money. Don't let your story dictate who you are. You write your own story. And that's what I would say to everyone. I just wanted to touch on the point when she said, relationship to money as that's kind of something our listeners might not have heard before even the phrase money mindset so Prabha could you just kind of go over that concept of having a relationship to money as well as what a money mindset is so people know what we're talking about so I have people who say oh I'm I'm a spendthrift like I will just go and I will just shop and I'll just spend all the money I've got you know, they wouldn't know that they can, they have to have a balance. Okay, you've got money, you keep some, you spend some, you don't just, you know, spend it all and then come back and say, oh, actually, I haven't got enough to, to feed myself or, or, you know, for my other basic needs. So that's an example of a money mindset block. Or for example, a very common one in, um, in somebody who's worked for others and who's going to be an entrepreneur is, I can't actually go on a sales call and ask someone for money. So they can't really do that. They'll go on the sales call and they'll talk around the topic and they will never quote their price. This is a common mindset issue. And this one is again, a money mindset issue. I mean, you know, we just feel, people can feel so embarrassed about asking for money and saying, I'm, you know, can you pay me this much for doing this job for you? And this is a typical mindset. Or if somebody thinks, okay, I'm just going to sell this for like 30 pounds. And you know, someone else is selling the same thing for 3000, but you feel I can't really charge a lot because who's going to buy from good old me? Like, why would they buy from me? That is a money mindset block as well. So um, these are the kind of 
blocks that that we can have. So when we talk about relationships, we often think about relationship as something that happens between two people, right? Uh, but it's not just those are not just the relationships we have. Like, if you have your house, you have a relationship with your house. You have a relationship with your phone. For me, for example, I'm always on my phone. That's my relationship with my phone. You got a relationship with you know everything around you. Say with the you know with with nature. You got a relationship. So it's all these are all relationships. Maybe it's not relevant what that particular item. feels about you so it's not reciprocal but it's still a relationship and you still f- have feelings about that thing or for that thing so i would say um a good way of looking at money itself and to analyze what is your relationship with money you know if you need to you picture money as a person try not to picture money as a evil person or a bad person or a wicked person try to just visualize money as another person and see how it feels to interact and just ask for some of their time or some of their um energy something you know when you ask your friends hey can you give me a hand with that maybe you can try and ask money hey money would you like you know help me buy this thing that i really want and see how it feels and you'd know straight away because you'd probably feel really uncomfortable and you know that you've got to work on your money mindset if you feel uncomfortable as a society we're really we've got really um uncomfortable relationships with money so i can make a general statement like that that you're going to be uncomfortable because everybody almost everyone is yeah i think it's i think it's really beautiful the way that cuz i've never thought about it like that either and i am a life coach as well and i coach on some some money things there if if that's somebody's biggest issue but i've never taken it i've never taken it that way as to being literally asking hey money can you help me buy this and i think that in a moment it sounds weird right but i think it's more it's it's more of an off topic nowadays because money is so intangible we have credit cards we have like how often do people in today's society go in actual contact with with cash and it's it's really prevalent in today's society that it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to have that money mindset I do suggest to people that when you receive money you make an effort to not straight away spend the money. So when you receive money you make sure you fully receive it. So whether it goes in your bank account or whether it's it's you know if it's cash that goes in your wallet wherever uh I I I think it's really um important to let that money land and for you to fully feel that you have received the money. and i i strongly advise people to break the link between receiving money and spending money because i find that a lot of people this is this is a really big problem because they just receive the money and everything they receive they just spend it so they keep expanding their ability to spend based on their ability to receive so and that basically leaves them with nothing so they're just perfect consumers and they're not really empowering themselves to you know to be creators or to create something for themselves i'm not a big believer in get all the money spend all the money and then like go back to getting all the money again i really like that tip props about um learning to receive money but it just had me thinking like how did you get to that space as i feel like depending on what kind of life you've had up until now it can be harder or easier to receive money so what 
did you kind of do to get into the space where you could like sit with yourself and be able to be in that receiving mode? The first thing I would say is the gift of being able to receive something. It's not all easy to receive, but to be able to receive something, there is a very good and powerful technique that you can practice that will help you receive in a much easier way and in incrementally with more ease and grace. And that practice, I would say, is gratitude. So one of the things you do when you receive money is you let it land. You don't immediately start worrying about what I've got to pay, what I've got to pay. You let it land and you spend like five minutes just being grateful, just appreciating and say, you know, wow, I have received this money and this money is like, it makes me feel so rich. It makes me feel so well. And, you know, now I have money to buy my food. Isn't that wonderful? And I'm so grateful that this money is coming to my account and, and also allow it to be something that you feel in your body all through your body. You can just feel the gladness of having received that money. And to me, that single practice is something that will take you a really, really long way. So that's receiving money. The second thing I would say is asking money, asking for money. You know, many people, they don't feel they can ask for money because they feel, oh, who's going to give me the money? And I would say there is a clear responsibility division between, you know, you asking and you receiving. The moment you take responsibility for whether you receive the money or not, you are stepping outside the line of where you need to be. You just ask. That is your job. Wherever we go to, to your audience, I'd say, if you want money, your job is to ask. And your job is not to say, who's going to give it to me? Or it's not your job to take it personally if you don't get it. You have to ask and you have to find creative ways to ask and you have to ask in ways that uh, people would want to give or you have some, something to sell and tell them what you've got to sell, tell them what's unique about you. Uh, do all those things, but don't take it personally whether you get money or not because that, when we start taking that personally, it can really sap your energy and make it difficult for you to ask again. So it's a gift from the universe. It will come and it may not, and that's totally fine. But our part is to be courageous, confident, trusting, and asking with gratitude. That's it. I really like that you had said that because Bobby and I were mentioning that in the recent episodes for the podcast about how we noticed that when a lot of um, entrepreneurs go on calls, they have issues asking for money and things like that so it's really good that you are on our episode talking about mindset because even though as a copywriter I can teach about what to do to improve your like offers and things like that at the end of the day I do feel like the mindset is the big kind of catalyst behind everything for your success oh I totally agree with you I mean in fact mindset is pretty much the main work really for most people yeah definitely what do you have to say about that Bobby I mean, you, you know me, mindset is my big deal. And I think it translates into every aspect of your life, whether it be, and I, I say it, I found myself saying it helps you with your relationship with your grandma, your relationship with money, your relationship with spirituality. Like it's, 
it's always and now that i'm looking back on it i feel like i don't know why i was using the word relationship and now i know now i know why i was using the word relationship because it is your relationship with everything has to do with your mindset so you know fix your mindset first and it's not broken don't think that your mindset is broken sometimes it is but it just needs to be shifted in a in a matter that's you know helpful to you and i think the biggest thing if you look at people that are successful the most successful people and success means different things to different people success can mean confidence for you success can mean money for you honestly you think about these successful people that you look up to and the one quality that is you know prevalent in all of them it's a quality of gratitude and i talk about gratitude all the time and probs did as well if you aren't grateful for the things that are happening to you or for you or the things that are coming to you, the things that you're receiving, there's a blockage there. And if you sit down, like she said, for five minutes and just be grateful. I, I, I know a lot of people have, you know, gratitude journals and they, they do gratitude journaling every single day. The things that they're grateful for, like dumb stuff. I have a mentor that one time I was like, what's in your gratitude journal? And, and they literally were like, I'm, I'm grateful for having two big toes because I can stand up straight. Like things like that will change your mindset. And I think mindset is the biggest, like, like Rose said, the biggest catalyst in not succeeding in life is the way that you think about money, the way that you think about clients, the way that you think about yourself for that matter. It, it revolutionizes the way that you can succeed if you're just grateful for the little things and then the gratitude for the big things becomes even that much bigger. Couldn't agree more, Bobby. What would you say practically a small step that someone could do if they're currently in their full-time job and wanting to switch over to entrepreneurship? What is something small that they can do to improve their money mindset? Uh, I would suggest action taking as a really important step. Because, I mean, if you just because you're in a job doesn't mean you can't also be an entrepreneur. I, I, I'm very against people taking unreasonable risks. I like people to be safe and to feel safe. So I would say, why don't they just start something on the side? Start something on the side. You don't need too many hours to set up a business. Two hours a week, that'll do. Develop the skills. Take the time to develop the skills. I would say... Get into the habit of investing in yourself because investing in yourself is the best investment you can make. So invest in your personal growth, invest in your um, your learning, invest in your knowledge about business, invest in yourself, find out what you can do. And if and I wouldn't, I would say, do not believe the narrative that a business has to take a lot of time. Do not believe the narrative that a business has to take a lot of money or effort. Make your own narrative. Say, I've got two hours a week and I'm going to do a business in the two hours a week and I'm going to earn money in that time. Just say that, set that belief. And if anything within you doesn't resonate, then I would say, you know, one of our very good tool that I recommend to people is meditation. You can do meditation. It will develop your neuroplasticity. It takes time for meditation to uh, give you neuroplasticity, but it's a, definitely a worthwhile process. So they can go and they can do a daily meditation, which will give them strength and they can start taking steps. I would say take action. Action is where your power is. Do not sit there and think, do not procrastinate. 
take action, but be detached to the outcome. Like I said, you always need to draw the line between what is yours and what's not yours. And the outcome part is not yours. It's not for you to worry about. Taking action and doing your bits is for you to worry about. I love that because in life, we we get too hung up on our problems and we get too hung up on the solution where the the problem, what you're going to do about the problem that you see in your life, which I don't see problems, I see obstacles, but that that is your responsibility. But the outcome has other factors like, you know, there's other factors tied to that. It's there are things that are outside of your your internal control, external factors really you know, dictate a lot of success in business. It's not like, what if I pitched my offer to 10,000 people and only one, one took it? That's the outcome. But your development of the process of pitching, that is your responsibility. So then you can reflect and, you know, make changes like that. So I love that she talked about being detached from the outcome of whatever it is that you're committing to, whether like even here starting your own business, or if it's being detached to the outcome of you know, buying groceries this week, things like that, because then you start developing a plan and action, like she said, like taking action for those steps to happen. And so I really like how you uh, touched on that whole taking action thing. Prabha, what would, how could our listeners start to take action with you? I would like to invite you to my Facebook group, if you have any trouble finding my group, you can go on to my public Facebook page, which is Prabs under the name of Prabs Spirit. And under my Facebook cover photo, you will see a link to my group and you can um, join in from there. Questions to make sure that, you know, the people who join the group are um, truly going to find uh, the group valuable. And then I'll be posting inside the group. You can join from there. I am doing a special giveaway for anybody who is joining my group. And if you are uh, listening to this podcast, you can join my group and make a request. And this is a special recording um, to help you get rid of imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome is one way in which we significantly hold ourselves back and we don't go for things that we want to, and it can be a combination of self-worth beliefs, inability to put boundaries, it can be a relationship issues, it can come from a range of places, wealth issues, etc. And for to get rid of imposter syndrome is a very big step for many people to come into their personal power. So that's your special giveaway. It's a really good one. You can come in to the group and you can write to me from there. I have a thread running there asking who wants the recording. You please go in there. Please do let me know that you have come through the podcast um, and uh, hope to see you there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Papa, for that special offer for our listeners. Because we talk about switching into entrepreneurship and, you know, making that transition. But people, a lot of people don't talk about the stakes that are behind it. So have, have there been some times in your business where you felt like you might have made the wrong decision? And kind of how did you go about that, that mindset shift of continuing and pushing forward? Yeah, I think, I think the answer lies in the word mistake. 
So when we look at our, look at the things we do and we think about whether they are right or they are wrong, that's when um, we 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 get set back. That's when we get discouraged. Uh, if we look at ourselves and we if we approach things with curiosity and with a desire to know more and to you know to just to just try things out. I mean, for me, my business is like, oh, I just, I just enjoy it. You know, it's for me, it's like going to the park or going for a walk. It's just really fun and enjoyable. And I do it and I never pressure myself to, you know, do this or deliver this or, or whatever it may be. So I don't mind if like my website isn't ready or what. For me, the key is I want to, I want to have fun. You know, my, my time on this earth is something that I want to enjoy. That's my primary goal. And I spend 90% of my day doing things that I love and enjoy. And luckily, it includes my business. So I would say to people, stop thinking about things as right and wrong. Stop thinking about things as mistakes. If you enjoy something and you do it, it actually doesn't matter if you made a mistake or you made 10 mistakes, or you made 10,000 mistakes. If you're curious and you're no longer attached to like, oh, have I got something wrong? And instead you say, oh, what did that teach me? What was that about? What 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 could I know that I didn't know before? Then you might find like your mindset is no longer about whether you failed. I probably failed like 50 million times, but I probably didn't even notice because I'm just too busy having fun and just doing what I like. So it doesn't really matter whether we are wrong or whether we are, you know, whether we make mistakes. Resilience is um is a really important quality and um you know not seeking perfection is really important and forgiving oneself is really important as well thinking of mistakes as mistakes is gonna is going to change the way that you think about it once the outcome you know once the dust settles and the outcome is there if you think about mistakes as lessons or failure in that aspect as a lesson then you only develop from from things. It's more or less of as a as a child, it's the same thing as touching a hot stove. Was that a smart choice? Probably not. But what did you learn? Not to do that again. So I think it's the same thing in business and in life. Is it's not a failure. You didn't fail because you touched that hot stove. You learned that you shouldn't do that again. So I think it's the same thing in business and in personal life, your relationship with your money. I think it's the same thing. Absolutely. Thank you, Prabha, for the words that you've given on the podcast. I think it's definitely been kind of like a healing episode for everyone. And you've definitely helped shift kind of our mindset when it comes to money. Are there any takeaways or last takeaways that you're wanting to give to the listeners so they can pull inspiration from you after this podcast episode? Uh, thank you, Rose, for inviting me. It's been a total pleasure to be here. And uh, you've had some really insightful questions, so both of you. So that's amazing. Uh, what I would say to people is um, when we are in our fear, it's very hard to think clearly. So I would encourage everyone. One of the best things you can do is to notice when you are fearful and try not to take action from fear. Try to take action from curiosity, try to take actions from gratitude, and you'll find that things change dramatically in your life. You know, you just have to be careful about staying in fear because that's not going to take you to the place you want to go. All right, guys. Well, that's all that we have for today. 
I hope that you are inspired by Prabha. I think that I think that you are. If you're listening to this and you're having some money problems or some money mindset issues, please reach out to her because she is a wealth of information there for you and somebody who can help you in your journey. And just with the mindset thing alone and how the mind connects with their body, I think that that is something that sets her aside from any other money mindset coach that you'll ever have. So if you are having money mindset issues or even don't even know what a money mindset issue may look like, please reach out to her. I know that she is there to, all she's there to do is help. So we thank you again for listening to this and we will see you next time.